So the triumphal entry, the noises of the crowd have now gone back to the regular city noises. The crowds have now gone back to their normal routes. It's been a few days. They have passed under the noses of the very angry and irritated religious leaders. This is when we meet Jesus anew. The triumphal entry is past, and we're just about ready to begin to head to the cross. Jesus has been preparing for this Passover meal. He has been waiting for it with joy-filled earnestness. He says, I have eagerly waited to have this meal with you, to have this holy meal of the Passover, the meal in which they would remember freedom from slavery. They would remember God's power. And you would celebrate that with the absolute closest to you. And Jesus says to his disciples, oh, I've been waiting for this. My friends, my family. And then throughout the meal, he takes the bread and he takes the cup and he blesses it and he says those words that you and I know so well when we gather at our Lord's table. And then in the book of Luke, we notice something very interesting happens. Jesus takes this meal and as he does in all the gospels, he then transforms it into a meal that now for you and I brings forgiveness and life and hope. And he takes the bread and, and he says, eat this in remembrance of me. Take the cup and drink this. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people. And he gives it to Judas Iscariot, who he knows is gonna betray him. He gives it to Peter, who he knows is gonna deny even knowing him three times. He gives it to all the disciples, and, and he knows that it's not gonna be very long before they will all scatter, abandoning him. And yet he says, I've been eagerly waiting to have this meal with you. And he shares it with them all because he loves them. As a friend, as a Lord, as a teacher, as a savior. And he will love them and love us to the very end. And then he says something that causes it to all unravel. Did you catch it? He says this. But see, the one who betrays me is with me and his hand is on the table. Most likely they all had their hand on the table. And in the Gospel of Luke, we find that these disciples have no problem with self-confidence. Not one of them asks, is it I, Lord? Mm-mm. 
In Luke's gospel, we see that they're not worried about themselves, but they sure are worried about all those other guys. And they began to ask one another, who's gonna betray him? And we can see that from this argument, or from this discussion, it's gonna unravel quickly. Because remember, at the meals, especially at an important meal like Passover, they would have been sitting in a very special order according to status. Those who had more status would have been sitting closer to Jesus. And I can just about imagine as these disciples hear that one of them is about to betray their Lord, their Savior, their friend, that that they kind of lean into each other. You know, like we do when we're talking about somebody and we really don't want them to know that we're talking about them? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's him. You know, he isn't sitting very close to Jesus. And then I can just about imagine that those kind of statements would lead then to responsive statements of what did you say about me? Well, at least I wasn't the one who got nervous when the boat got a little rocky. I can just about hear that back and forth and back and forth, which would lead to, well, I'm the greater disciple than you are. Mm, you remember what you did or didn't do? We can, I can just imagine this argument just brewing and stirring, perhaps even getting a little heated. But they're doing this. They're having this disagreement, this argument right in front of Jesus. Jesus has just fed them a meal that we know offers forgiveness and life. And they're arguing over who's the greatest, sir, who's the greatest disciple in front of Jesus. Jesus. And did you notice what Jesus doesn't do? Jesus doesn't get angry. He doesn't yell. He doesn't do the, you know, like, oh my goodness, we've talked about this before. He doesn't do that. And remember with me that in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus has talked to the disciples about who is the greatest. Back in the ninth chapter, the disciples have had this argument before. Who is the greatest? And at that time, you can see this beautiful image. Jesus took a child who had no worth, no respect in that society and said, you want to be great? You like this one. Jesus takes this heated dispute and he refocuses his disciples. Hear it again. The greatest among you must become like the youngest. Similar to what he said back in Luke 9. You want to be great? You want to be known as the greatest? Then be the servant. Jesus knows that within hours they're gonna be in the garden and the troops are going to come, he's going to be arrested and it's going to go to the cross. And in this holy moment when the disciples have lost their focus, Jesus doesn't get angry. He just brings them back together and says, no, 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 no. You wanna be great? 
and be the servant. And he reminds them with this refocusing, and he reminds us. Jesus says, I am among you as one who serves. Now before we kind of shake our heads at these 12 disciples, before we kind of wag our finger at them, let's think about ourselves. How many of us have come to the table and we have received the gift of communion, the gift of, of life, of forgiveness, and then we, we go from the church and we haven't even made it to our vehicles before an argument breaks out over where we're going for lunch because my opinion is more important than your opinion. Maybe that was just in my family when we were growing up. But let's think about it. How many times have we gotten into a discussion, perhaps even a, a heated discussion, when we think that our opinion is the best opinion and we're gonna share it with absolute accuracy over Coke or Pepsi? Over my sports team versus your sports team. And yes, please know I intentionally didn't bring up anybody's team. <laughs> or perhaps when we talk about red and blue. When we talk about other topics that are pretty close to our heart. You and I studied what it is to be a Christian in the time of outreach, in the time of outrage, excuse me. We looked at that, we looked at how quickly people just lose their focus and they become so centered on what they believe, what they want, and pretty soon they're throwing one another under the bus, sometimes with the, as quickly as the click of a mouse. I think we need to receive the gift of Jesus refocusing us. Especially with everything that's going on in our world. There's so much. Especially with everything going on in our nation. There's so much. Let's bring it closer to home with everything going on in our communities, with everything that we are living with. Our stress, our schedules, everything that we have as families, as individuals. Especially now on this Holy Palm Sunday when, when we're just about ready to follow Jesus to the cross. We get to receive the gift of being refocused. So let's you and I hear this anew. The greatest among you must become like the youngest. The leader, like one who serves. I am among you as one who serves. I'm gonna close with a video. And I know it's a video that I am pretty sure everybody here has seen it. Powerful video, it came out in about 2017, developed by a Norwegian group who wanted to really emphasize the need for foster homes. In this video, you're going to see children. Notice how they serve one another. It's so simple, 
Let us be inspired, not only by what we see on this video, but be inspired when we reflect. So let's watch that now. First piece of that said the solution is closer than you think. Yeah, I know this was professionally done, but it's powerful. And I know that there are many children and youth in our community who are serving in those exact ways or very, very similar. Let's be inspired, especially when we think of who is the greatest. Let us allow ourselves to be refocused, especially as we go forward, both to our vehicles, but as we go forward in the day and in this very holy week. Jesus meets us where we're at today, wherever we are at, whatever we are carrying. And Jesus doesn't meet us with anger. Jesus doesn't say to us, will you ever get it right? As Jesus loved his disciples, Jesus loves us. And he meets us with forgiveness and grace and mercy. And then he says to you and I, all right, my beloved, now go. Go and be the great servants that you are created to be. Amen.